Morning, church. I swear I'm going to try not to cry. Um, first of all, let me thank uh, Brent for leading us in the songs and getting our, our focus in our worship that way. Um, thanks for Mark for leading us in the words of the communion. Derek, thank you so much for stepping up and with the change of the the scripture, um, I just felt like God was leading me in a different direction. So I apologize up front if my message doesn't quite mesh together with endurance and my thoughts may kind of go everywhere. But as I went back through it this week, I was like, man, I just really felt like I was being pulled in a different direction. So um, hopefully it'll, it'll work out well. But Lord, thank you so much, my brother. <laughs> I was extremely not working. Oh, thank you. I was in extreme pain two Saturday nights ago after I'd been working on my roof uh, most of the day, and uh, I couldn't get off the couch. Uh, everything was fine during the day, and I was just working, and i sitting on the couch, and I'm, okay, I need to get ready to go to bed. i got to teach. I got to preach tomorrow, and I couldn't get off the couch. 30 minutes. I'm just, my back was in such pain. I've got a short rib, I think they call it, in the back, and it had evidently pushed out and between some medication and WK pushing on it and lots of ice and stuff on Sunday. Finally got back to feeling a little bit better and continued to work on that. But I really appreciate everyone stepping up and helping out. The elders for receiving my call at 830 at night going, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm freaking out, man. And so... I do appreciate their heart to say, just take care of yourself, get better, we love you, we got it. I also want to thank everyone for their prayers and encouraging words as, as I was going through the process of healing and finding out what was going on and, and those things. It just it means a whole lot to me to have loved ones that care about, about me and reach out. I'm sure we all feel that way. And so it's just, it's really great to be up here and to you know share my heart and share what I think I feel that God has put on my heart. If you want to be turning in back to Philippians, we're going to be spending most of our time, if not all of our time, right there in Philippians 4. Um, I know I had the one that talks about run the race and those things for the previous scripture from 2 Timothy, but I really feel like this is the answer to how we um, develop endurance. But speaking of that endurance and my roof... <laughs> It has taken an extreme amount of endurance. If you've ever done any kind of roofing or any kind of manual labor like that, it doesn't come much harder than tearing off shingles and packing them up a ladder or lifting them up. I mean, just picking them off the ground is, is, is a lot. I still have a little ways to go um, with time frame and those things. And with all the help, thank you so much for everyone that has showed up and, and helped out in every little way, bringing drinks and, and just encouraging and, and whatever. Hey, checking to see, hey, is there anything else that we can do? It has truly been a blessing for me, and I know Debbie Kay appreciates that because definitely not putting her up on the roof. Uh, she doesn't want me up there either, and for those of you who know the, the injuries that I've had, there's a good reason why I shouldn't be on the roof. That being said, you know, what am I going to do? So, um, but the, with the topic of being endurance and, and looking at what it took or what it's taking really for me to continue to do this as I've gone back to work and as I continue to serve and do things, it really does kind of reflect back to endurance. 
I mean, you sit down on the roof and you you got this little fork rake thing and you're just just pulling and just pull and you pull and you pull and it goes off and then you go back up and you start again. And it's all day long, sweating, nasty, shingles all over you, just the asphalt's coming off. We had two layers of shingles on um, two buildings. So we, our house and our garage both had shingles that were coming off. So, yeah, it's still been a lot of work. Um, but in our walks, I feel like we get, to, we get to that same place where it just seems like manual labor. It feels like sometimes we just can't go on. And when we think about running the race, I always wondered, why in the world would anyone run for fun? Does anyone do that? Okay. I'm not the only one then. Okay. I mean, obviously there's a good reason why I don't run. Okay. Um, As you can tell. But I just don't get it. But then to choose not only to run for fun... But to, long, to run a long endurance race, uh, a 5K, a 10K, no, I don't want to run back to the back of the, of the aisle. I mean, come on. But what does it take to be able to push beyond those limits? And that's what it is. It's a limit that, I, man, I'll get to the back, I'm going to be, <laughs> and I'll be hurting and, you know, and everything else. But that's what my body's telling me. But what does my mind say? So I looked up a lot of suggestions about becoming a long-distance runner. Not that I want to become a long-distance runner. But in preparation for this, and I want to share this with you, and I hope you can see it. And it says, preparing for a long-distance run begins in your head. It's okay to be anxious when you're trying to distances that you've never run before. You can make it easier by preparing mentally for the long distances you're going to cover. You can visualize the route you will run and picture yourself running well and finishing strong. Trust your training. Take it slow. Tell yourself you can do it. A positive mindset will go a long way when the going gets tough. If you tell yourself it's hard and you can't do it, then you're going to make it harder for yourself and you'll actually find it being harder. And it works the other way around also. The mental toughness you get from running can help you fight stress in your daily life. And I find that that really goes along with the way that we need to run our race towards heaven. We've never been in the place that we are right now. We've never done Today, we might have done a few worship services, we might have done a few Sundays in our lifetime, but we've never been in the place that we are now. So what does it look like for us to run that race? So I want to go back to this slide here in preparation for a long-distance run. How do we prepare? How are we preparing each and every day to move forward? Well, I believe that it's understandable that we could struggle through things. But being anxious about a lot of things, I believe, is our biggest hurdle that we have to overcome. Each day has its own problems and our own situations that we have to deal with, the own 
wake up in the morning and there's you know something going on or your alarm doesn't work or the power went off or you get a phone call early in the morning, you've got to rush out and take care of something. There's, there's a, a barrage of things that the world and Satan throw at us. But what does Scripture tell us to do? Pretty simple. Go to Philippians 4, where we're at. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request, your request to God. I believe it's speaking directly to the anxiety that we feel about these things. It's not about our loved one's um, health. It's not about our families traveling. It's not about those things. It's about the stress and anxiety that we carry because we care, but yet we don't give it over to God. We carry it with us. We, we worry about the outcome. We worry about what's going to happen instead of saying, you know what, God's got this. As Debbie Kay told me several times in the last couple of days, <laughs> you and God got this. But there's different levels of anxiety. Sometimes we just feel a little stressed because oh, it's just going to be a, ba- a busy day. I mean, you know, I get up in the morning and go, man, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot this week. Ask Fred. 105, 109, right? How do you prepare for that? I mean, honestly, how do you prepare for 109 heat dead necks? Hunker down inside? Well, that's not going to get my roof done. It's not going to take, it's not going to pay the bills. It's not going to help any situation. So we have to prepare for it. When I, when I work outside in such extreme heat, I take extra pair of, extra pair of socks. I'll take powder to put in them. I'll take an extra shirt, change a cloth, lots of water and ice and all those things. But we have to be prepared for the, whatever the world may throw at us. And yet we may never be completely prepared. But I think that if we are looking at that in our preparation of each morning, what's the day going to, it's how we start that morning. It's how we start off our day. Even if something, you get that phone call and someone's been in a, an accident or something's happened, do you immediately rush out the door and go take care of it? Or do you go, you know, I need to get my heart and my mind straight. Because I know that this is distracting me from the way that I should drive. My anxiety's heightened. What do I need to do here? But yet I'll know a lot of times that I will, I, I got to go. And I don't take that 30 seconds to go, okay, God. Help me to, to change my mindset, to help me to be ready to get there and be ready when I am there to do your will. Going to work seems an awful weird place to go. Well, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do God's will, but that's what, we, that's what we're called to do as, as disciples. So what do we need to do? Going back to this, this quote here, you make it easier by preparing mentally for the long-distance run that you're going to cover. Visualizing the route you will run and picturing yourself running well and finishing strong. I want to come back to this one because it really ties into the rest of what I want to say. So let's move forward. 
to trust in your training. It is slow, or take it slow. Tell yourself, you can do it. A positive mindset will go a long way when the going gets tough. So how do we prepare? What is our training? It's the day in, the day out of all the struggles that we've already overcome. That was been training of our heart, been training of our mind, that those struggles that we've, we've encountered, the hard, heartaches and hardships that we've had to go through, that gives us the strength to deal with whatever God, or excuse me, whatever the world or Satan may throw at us. You know, so far, we have a 100% success rate in overcoming those days. Think about that. The next time that you're stressed out about something or you're worried about something, how many times have you, have you been to that edge, that cliff of, I just don't know. I don't know if I can deal with this again and go, I've dealt with it before. I dealt with it two days ago. I dealt with it five days ago. Can we get to the point where we're focused more on a positive mindset and what God would have us do versus what our minds and Satan tell us to do? Well, let's go back and look at Scripture then. And the peace of God, which transcends an un- all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think there's the answer, right? If we want peace from the anxiety, then all, all of God's knowledge transcends anything we could understand. Well, wait a minute. If I can't understand it, then how could I participate in it? Simple. Give it over to Christ. Give it over to God. Follow his example. Follow the ideas that Christ laid out for us when he walked this earth. If we present our anxiety and the things that are worried, we're worried about by prayer, going back up to verse 6, by prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving in our heart, our hearts and our minds will be guarded from the stress and anxiety of those things. And I believe that we have to not only come back to the scripture daily, but maybe we need to start our days off focusing on this. In our prayers that we have thanksgiving in our heart, that we're petitioning for that stress that we're going to deal with that day. If you maybe have a meeting coming up, or you have a a client that you're going to have to deal with, or some stressful situation that you know you're going to have to get involved in, how are you preparing for it? We all oh, got my notes together. Yeah, I got all this. I'm ready for the meeting. But is your heart right? Is it focused on God and how you should be an example of Christ, the mirror of Christ in that meeting, setting that example for others to see you? That although you may get bad news and it may be something that affects you for the rest of, your, of that day and maybe even the rest of your time at, at that position, do you act like Christ? Do you love even when the news is bad? 
Let's go look back to the quote here. It says, if you tell yourself it's hard and you can't do it, you're only going to make it harder for yourself. And you'll actually find that it does get harder. But the opposite does work also. The mental toughness that you get from running or preparing for the run can help you to fight stress in your daily life. Well, let's finish Paul's thought here. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be given to you. There it is. There's that word again. Peace. Peace. But how do we find that peace? I think it's we've got to change our focus. We've got to get back to these basic understandings of how to live our lives out living like Christ. But how do we do that? With so many struggles that are being presented to us, are we focused on the struggle? Or are we focused on these things that are true, admirable, pure, lovely? Or do we walk in somewhere and go, oh gosh. Are we already sweating the fact that it's going to be 105 this week? Trust me, it's going to sweat enough when you get to 105, okay? But I believe that this is how we should run our race, by focusing on this. This is where the endurance comes. I asked a few people over the last, well, a few weeks before I was supposed to preach the first time, and asked them, how do you stay, how do you stay faithful? And the number one thing that I heard was, I just let a lot of it go. I'm like, What? None of it means anything. Wait a minute. The stress of gas prices being so high won't mean anything in heaven. Not a word. The, 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 who's the president? Who's going to be the next president? Who's going to be the next mayor? Who, anything, anything this world would throw, it doesn't mean anything in heaven. But we focus on it so much. The negativity of it. It's amazing to me to, to listen to people talk, and you very rarely... I mean, look at the news, right? If it bleeds, it leads was the always the thing. And now it's like you get a little snippet at the end saying, and so-and-so did this. And it's like, can we have a whole news thing, a newsreel of positive things that happened in this society? You can't tell me that it's not happening. But here's where the endurance, I believe, comes in. We are, again, at this point in our life, we have never been where we are now. You've never sat here on this date until today. So how do we, how do we have that endurance? I believe our goal, we have to focus on the goal, the goal of heaven. We know that the, goal, that the heaven has many rooms, as laid out in John 14, 2. 
We know that it also has treasures that cannot be destroyed or stolen. Now, I don't believe that that's a Mercedes-Benz or a BMW sitting outside for us. I don't believe it's a big mansion on the hill. I don't believe it's any of the things that we think of as a treasure. I believe some of these treasures can be felt and even admired while we're here on earth. Going back to the what is true, what is lovely, what is admirable. We focus on those things. We'll see some of those treasures that God's trying to show us while we're here. But to go on, there's no more sickness and no more crying. It's laid out in Revelation 21.4 when we get to heaven. There will also be no more sin. Wow. So, like I won't ever think a negative thought. I won't ever struggle over something that I, someone said or what someone did or didn't do. Let me tell you this, that comes like a huge relief to me. To not have to struggle anymore, have to worry about running my race, have to worry about trying to be what Christ wants me to be. Because I'll be in heaven. Now I know that I haven't run the race as long as a lot of you. I was actually baptized in 2003, so this coming February will be my 20-year anniversary, birthday, wherever you want to call it. And I'll, I think about that. I think, wow, it's been a really hard race. Mm. Trying. Been through a rough marriage. Been through several deaths. This is just as, a, as I've become a Christian, there have been things that Satan has put in front of me to try to trip me up, to try to get me to get off the path, to try to push me back and go the other direction. It's going to be so much easier. And I keep going, I, 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 I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's a really far way off. And he's given me so many glimmers of, of hope and, and light and just love in my life that I go, it, it makes it all worthwhile. But I change the focus on where I'm headed to what I have and it allows me to endure the race for another day, another week, another year. But the one thing that every runner knows is where the finish line is. If you didn't know, I don't know how you would get there, right? But they also can estimate the amount of time that it's going to take to get there. So how do we continue to run towards a target that we know, but yet we don't have an understanding of how long the race is, or even what the course is going to look like? Well, we need to be prepared. So I think this is what we this is how I feel that we should do these things. I think we need to set our mind on the goal of heaven. I think that we need to have a coach or an encourager along with us to when we when we feel that we can't take another step or we feel that 
the hill is too large to climb, or how far away is it? When will it all be over with? That they'll be there. But we also need to develop that endurance, because we don't know. We don't know how long we will be here and have to continue this, this path. So what does it look like to have that mindset of heaven, to focus on heaven instead of the busy lives that we lead? Well, I think if you turn to Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, if you've ever been raised up in Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is sealed and seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above and not on the things of earth. Matthew 6, 33 continues the same thought. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Not focusing on what Satan's doing. Not focusing on the world. I'm focusing on the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, not my own. What he's doing and has done and continues to do for us, not what we can do for ourselves. Well, it seems easy. Well, there they said, just do that. Just do that. I mean, just just focus on heaven. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not that easy. Satan's going to trip you up. Satan's going to push past the envelope. He's going to really try to make things harder for you. But again, how do you start the day? How do we prepare for those stressful situations? Well, my next question would be, who do you contact when times are tough? Do you try to run this race by yourself? It's not, a, it's not an individual sport. It's a group sport. What about when you're wanting to give up? Who do you contact? Who do you reach out to? When the race seems too hard to run, well, I think we all need a Christian partner or a discipling partner. Well, why? Why do you need that? Well, Scripture tells us not to run alone. It says in Ephesians 4, 9 and, 9 and 10, it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says, As iron sharpens iron, so is a friend sharpens a friend. I think that's pretty clear that we can help each other out. But when the person falls, if we're not there, how do we know? And for me, that's where my pride steps in. It's hard to ask for help. It is really hard to go, hey, I just need something. So I have this little trick. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to debunk um, the, the elders for a second. When I wake up and I'm having just a really stressful day, I will send out an encouragement statement to each one of the elders now that what you're yeah because what happens is because I, I the love that they have for us is usually returned through me to me throughout the day they want hey thanks you so much hey we appreciate what you do and, and i'm encouraged throughout the day by encouraging them i don't tell them that i'm struggling and i don't tell them hey just pray for me it's too hard for me my pride gets in the way so I found a way to go around it and say, hey, you know what? If I encourage someone else, 
they're going to start returning and encourage me. And it always happens. And it happens at the best moments because that's, to me, what God's working. So what does spiritual endurance look like? Well, I think it's the, it's the, it's the walking the walk. That choosing this over this. Choosing this over this. Again, I know that it's easier said than done, but I think the more that we can practice it, the more that we can put it into action, the easier it becomes. There's only one problem to this. That no matter how much training, how much work that we do, or that we've even done before, no matter how we've prepared we think we are, or how much we think that we know, or how good we think we are, heaven is out of our reach. We don't deserve it. Our flaws, our sins, our lack of obedience keep us from, keeps us separated from God. It's almost like running on a treadmill. We're putting in all the effort, and no matter what we do, we can't get any closer. We can run and we, we can turn it up faster and we're not getting anywhere. We're not moving any closer to it in any um, destination at all, no matter how much we run on the treadmill. Because it's not about us. Our salvation is not about us. It's about Jesus Christ and the way that, he, that focusing on him and focusing on the way that he lived his life, setting the example for us that I believe that will help us with our endurance to run that race. You see, the rat race doesn't matter. This race does. This is it. That stuff outside these doors, honestly, that stuff that's going through your head about what's going to happen after worship, what's going to happen tonight, tomorrow, it, none of it matters. It's our relationship with Christ that is the only way we get to heaven. He's run the race before us. He's shown us how to overcome. He knows how successful we can be. But it doesn't doesn't have to be as hard as we make it. I think we would change our focus, change the way we run. But most importantly, I think that we've got to have a different mindset and other people to help us along the way so that we can endure the race. You see, there's a difference between Enduring something and having the endurance to go through something. I want to go back to this point really quickly is that we've, we've, we've overcome 100% of the obstacles that Satan has thrown in our way. We may have tripped. We may have stumbled a little bit. We may have changed the way that we do things because of it. But we've overcome it. And I believe we can. So we're getting ready to have the invitation song. And 
if you're if you're a Christian and the race is hard, I won't I won't tell you that it's not. It's easier on this side of the cross, I feel, than it was on the other side. I don't have to look over my shoulder for the world, for the cops, for all the craziness that was following me around. It's still out there, but it, it, the magnets turned off, I guess. But if you're struggling, please come forward and as we get ready to stand and sing. And we would love to pray for you and, and help you out in any way. But if you don't know Christ... And you're wondering, how do, I start, how do I make this journey on life on earth a little easier? I know it's a little difficult to come forward and say, hey, I really don't know what this is about. And, you know, what's this Jesus thing? And, but we'd love to talk to you about it. We'd love to explain it out to you, explain what salvation looks like. And help you to get started on your race towards heaven. Because we know that if you're not running there... There's only one other place you can be running to. And we want to help you to prevent that.